Hey guys, welcome back to the Jefferson College Podcast. Today we're going to be starting a short two to three week series about how we can make the best use of our time during coronavirus. So how can we bring God glory during a global pandemic? How can we bring Him glory during isolation? What good could come out of this situation? I think a lot of us are asking these questions as we, as we face coronavirus, as we face this global pandemic. The one thing that I've been challenged about is Ephesians 5.16, as it says that we are supposed to make the best use of our time because the days are evil. So how can we do this right now in the, in the midst of an unprecedented season of life? Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be looking through Scripture and just to see what the Bible says about how we can redeem this time. How can we live and bring God glory even when the world seems to be falling apart? So we're going to be in the book of 1 Timothy today. So Timothy, he was a young minister of the gospel that Paul had partnered with and during his missionary journeys. So Timothy, he's a pastor of a church in Ephesus right now. Um, he's facing a lot of false teachings uh, running through this church. And, and these false teachings, while we don't know exactly what they were, they caused the church to not be practicing the faith of Jesus. Instead, they just discussed theology. They just discussed doctrine. They had arguments over these things, but they didn't really live the gospel out. They didn't really practice what they preached, Right. I think the theme found throughout this book is that the gospel leads to practical, visible change in the life of those who believe it. And it's based off of that theme that we see this charge to Timothy on how we should live our lives in light of opposing false teachers and difficulties and disappointment that even Timothy faced. And as we look through this text, as we open up 1 Timothy chapter 4, we see a lot of things that are just very challenging to us especially during this time of isolation, especially during these times of difficulty and disappointment, just like Timothy was facing in his congregation. Just as he saw the people leaving the faith and walking away and just was disappointed, I think we have that disappointed, disappointment right now. So let's see what this passage say and see what it calls and challenges us to do. So we'll be in 1 Timothy 4, 6 through 16. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourselves and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so you will save both yourself and 
your hearers. Guys, as we, as we dig into this word, I just want to challenge y'all once again to have your Bibles out, um, to read along with us and, and mark it up and maybe take some notes as we go through this podcast, because I don't want this podcast just to be something that you listen to and it goes in one ear and goes out the other one. I want you to actually start applying what the word of God says and hold on to it, um, because I think what he says here, actually, I know what he says here is extremely important and beneficial to us as believers. So the first thing that that comes to mind when I read this passage is that we are to use this time of our lives to train ourselves for godliness. We see this in verse 7 and 8. Paul challenges Timothy. He says, Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths, just like the false teaching of the day. He says, But rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. I think we read this scripture all the time and, and we understand what he means. But if we look at it deeply, we see that Paul is challenging Timothy to have nothing to do with irreverent silliness. He's having nothing to do with these false teachings that these false teachers are bringing into the church. But he says instead, train yourself for godliness. Train yourselves in the way of Christ. Because this This is a value in every single way. This is a value both now and in the future. And he compares it to to physical training. He says physical training is good, right? But it's only temporal. Like it only has a moment in the life of a person, right? It only benefits you for a little while and then you're going to have to do it again. But at the end of the day, spiritual discipline and spiritual godliness is of worth infinite value. It's, a, it's worth value in every single way. And Paul doesn't just leave him here and say, just be godly. He says, be godly because of the great hope that is within you. Because of your Savior. Because of what Christ has done for you. You should live for Him. You should seek to strive after godliness because of what the Father did for us. And this godliness, it's not something that just comes to us. Like you don't fall into godliness. If anything, you fall away from godliness. Like godliness requires discipline. It requires effort. And discipline is, it's it's not something that just comes. Like it's not accidental. It, It requires training. It requires planning. In order to seek godliness, we need to train in discipline. We need to practice the spiritual disciplines found throughout scripture of reading our Bible, of praying, of fasting, of memorizing scripture, of of evangelizing. All of these things, we need to practice them. We need to train them. They're not just going to come into our lives and we're going to be good at them one day. It takes effort. It takes a plan. And while this isn't the way of our salvation, it's because of our salvation that we practice these things. It's because of what Christ did for us do we try to be godly. Do we try to be like Him? I've heard it said this way, it, it comes down to this, we don't excel in our walk with God simply because we don't try to. We live our lives in a way that we say, I don't know why I'm not getting this walk with God. I don't know why I'm struggling here. And a lot of the times it just comes down to our heart. Do we truly, truly seek to strive after God? Do we truly want our lives to be godly? Or do we just want our lives to be kind of godly? 
just, just kind of good in order that we don't look like everyone else. But Christ calls us to godliness. He calls us to holiness, to be set completely apart from the world. We need to work through this. We need to put effort in and, and make a plan because discipline doesn't just happen in your life. Instead, it's, it's formed. Discipline occurs after a plan and after, after you have desired it for a while, after you work towards that plan. So I don't know if y'all have noticed this where you are, but me and Rachel have definitely noticed it. As, as we've just been around our neighborhood a little bit more, we've seen so many people exercising, right? Um, we've seen people running, we've seen people riding bikes, walking their dogs, just walking. Um, I think we've been all cooped up too long. People are like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exercise. It's like, it's the only thing I can do, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to do some physical training, right? I'm going to better myself in this way. Mostly probably because they're just tired of being locked inside. But at the end of the day, they're using this time to physically better themselves, to physically train in order to be healthy, in order to be stronger and more fit. Why can't we use the same mindset? The same mindset of I have time to train in our spiritual life. I think this time is, is perfect for working on these disciplines, for training in godliness, and godliness. And for the so many times we say, hey, I don't have enough time to do it right now. Like the Lord's given us that time. So if you've never made a plan for reading scripture, make a plan. Read a chapter a day, each, each day of the week, right? And just read through it. Write down what sticks out to you. See what the passage meant and to the original people it was written to. Make a plan for reading it. Um, because again, if, if we don't have a plan, we're likely not going to stick to it. We need a plan. We need to make some discipline in our own lives. If you never memorize scripture, maybe you need to try and memorize a verse a week. Because I think the Lord has blessed us with so much time. Why wouldn't we want to abide in him? Why don't we want to spend more time in his word and let his word transform us during this situation in life? Or maybe your prayer life is not that great. Maybe your prayer life is just occasional at best. Maybe you need to be consistent in that and set aside some time of your day to pray to the Father and just spend some, some unquiet, excuse me, some unhurried time with the Father, some uninterrupted time with the Lord. Because prayer can be one of the most powerful things we can do as believers. Or maybe for you, you want to fast for the first time. Do a 24-hour fast and just spend that day in prayer. Or spend those meal times in prayer in the Word of God to see how He can work through that. He's given us a perfect opportunity to step away from our busyness and to apply those things that we always said we didn't have time for. To actually be disciplined. Because when we go back to everyday life, it's not going to get any easier to be disciplined. It takes habits that we need to be forming now. So we need to establish good habits in our walk with Christ. We need to deepen our relationship with the Lord and grow in our relationship in the Lord now. That we were impacted by His Word, that we were impacted by prayer to Him. So let's, let's use this time to establish habits that draw us closer to God and make us look more and more like Him. So the first thing we see through this passage is that we can use this time to train 
for godliness. The second thing we see in this text is to use this time to set an example to those around us. We see this in verse 12 through 15. He says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. This list that Timothy gives, or that, excuse me, that Paul gives to Timothy, I think is so important. He says, Timothy, it doesn't matter that you're young. It doesn't matter where you're at in your spiritual walk. Set an example to your congregation. Set an example to your people of what it truly means to follow Christ. Be an example in speech and in conduct and love and in faith and in purity. Because when they see you doing it, they are to follow likewise. And even though we're not pastors of, of this church in Ephesus, I think the same principle that Paul is giving to Timothy applies to our own personal life. We need to use this time to set an example to the world around us. We need to be examples in our speech. Our speech should be edifying. It should be, should be thankful and have gratitude in it rather than complaining and negative like the world is. Our conduct should be different than the world, and it should look more like Christ than everyone else. It sh- our conduct should be one that, that we, we look back on this time and we say, you know what, I did the best I could to love others and to treat others well during Corona. I, I love my family well. Even though they drove me crazy sometimes, I love them as well as I could. Our conduct should be different than everyone else. We should set the standards of how to love people well during this time. We need to, people need to be looking to us and see how we are loving people, that we're intentional with our friends, that we're intentional with the lost, that we're intentional with our church members and saying, hey, I appreciate you, I love you, how are you? How can I serve you? How can I care about you? And just call people, text people, FaceTime them, right? Just find ways that you can love people during this time because we should be the example. We should also be an example in faith. Guys, I think this one's huge. Our faith should be solidified in the sovereignty and the control that God has over every circumstance. Even though we might have doubts, even though we might have anxieties, we know that the Lord is in control, that He has His hand over this world, that He is in the world and of the world, and He is the one who controls it, right? That he has not left us alone, but instead he walks beside us. And he's going to use this situation for his good. And lastly, I think is one of the most challenging ones in this time, is that we should set the example in purity. We need to be careful not to let impure shows or images or social media or talk or thoughts into our lives. We need to make sure that we are being poured into by the truth and the purity of of God, of His Word, and of His people. There's so many television shows and, and, and just social media posts that just aren't pure, in both a sexual sense and a moral sense. We need to be examples in purity. We need to set boundaries up in our lives to where we're not going to watch that show that is highly inappropriate. We're not going to put ourselves in a position to fall into lust. But instead, we're going to take a stand and say, no, I'm going to fight for purity. I'm going to be on the front lines during this this time where we have a lot of freedom to seek purity, 
to fight for purity, even though the world does not care about it anymore. We need to seek it out because we are called to be different. We are called to walk in the light of Christ, not the light of this world. Our lives should look vastly different from those in the world. And while we're not going to be perfect in any of these areas, we are to strive to look more and more like Christ, even in the midst of a global pandemic. This doesn't give us an excuse to take a break from our walk with the Lord. If anything, it gives us an excuse to better our walk with the Lord. We need to put our trust and our lives in His hands, and we need to walk in His ways. We need to look more like Him at the end of this than we did before. The third thing that we see in this passage is that we're going to use this time to examine ourselves. So we see this in verse 16. We'll read 15 first, though. He says, Practice these things, immerse yourselves in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourselves and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. As Paul closes out this section in chapter 4, he warns Timothy to keep a close watch on himself and his teaching and be persistent in doing this in order that he would save himself and his hearers. Paul's warning to Timothy is clear. He must clearly and consistently make sure that his life and his teaching align with the gospel of Christ. If his life or his teachings don't align with that that gospel, he needs to correct it. He needs to realign how he's living and he needs to realign how he's teaching. This, this passage, it just made me think of, of the idea of, of a guy going to the gym, right? And, and every single day he's doing arms. Like he's doing arms and chest all of the time. And like he's, he's ripped, right? He, he's jacked. But then you, you look at him and you see the bottom half and he doesn't have any legs, right? Like he's, he's walking on toothpicks and you're like, man, Does he know that he looks like that? Does he know that he's missed leg day a few times, right? And and we might, you know, make fun of that or whatever. uh, But the truth is we often walk like this in our Christian life. We're, We're really strong in this one area of our life. Like we love people well or we're an encouragement to others really well. But we have no self control in other areas of our life. Or we aren't walking in purity. Or we aren't walking in love and, and speech and conduct and all those things that we saw earlier in the passage. But I think what this time has given us, is given us a time to look at our lives. To examine how we walk. Examine how we live and, and what tendencies we have in our lives that are either good or bad. And we have the choice to cut that as what's bad and replace it with something good or continue to walk in the bad. Continue to miss leg day, as the, as the illustration would point out. We need to keep a close eye on ourselves. That our doctrine and what we're claiming with our mouth aligns with how we're living. Because if we're not, we need some correction. Because this gospel, it changes us. Practically, It's not just a mental thing. It's not just a knowledge thing. It's a life thing. How we live should align with the, with the gospel, with the word of God. And the way that we speak and talk about how we should live should also align with how we live. 
We shouldn't just claim things. We shouldn't just say things if we don't, if we don't follow them up with action. We need to examine what habits we have in our lives that are not edifying or godly or pure or whatever and replace them with habits that bring us closer to God. Maybe for you it's idleness or laziness. You've just, you've just been sitting on your, on your rear end all day and like that's all you do during this pandemic is that you're wasting time. Maybe you need to be more productive and you need to, we, you need to give away that idleness and that laziness. Or maybe for you it's gluttony or lust or, or impurity or whatever it might be. We need to examine our lives and see how we live and say, that needs to go and replace it with, with godliness. Replace it with a, a spiritual discipline in order that we can live in a way that brings glory to the Father. Because we need to examine how we live. We need to examine what we're claiming to live like and actually do it. We need to correct those habits in our lives that have dug deep, right? That have dug really hard into our lives that we think we can't get rid of and use this time to prune those out of our lives. To remove all the dead areas of our lives and instead be fruitful in our whole lives. So as we conclude, as we wrap up, there's a few ways, this is just a few, this isn't the whole gamut of ways that we can use this time uh, to bring God glory. But three of these ways that we've pointed out in this scripture is that we need to use our time to train for godliness. We need to use this time to be an example to those around us. And lastly, we need to examine ourselves for unrepentant sins and unrepentant habits that we have in our lives. We need to make sure that we don't have blind spots in our lives that we aren't taking care of. We need to make sure that we're living completely in this Christian walk and not just partially. And while this situation is not preferred by any means, guys, like, I don't want to be in this pandemic as much as you don't, but we need to find a way to redeem this time in order that the Lord might receive glory for it. That as we look back over this period of, of a month or two months or however long it lasts and say, I'm so thankful for the t- that time because the Lord moved in my life. Because we're either going to say that or we're going to be on the other end of the spectrum and say, I regret that time because I did not use it to glorify God. I wasted it. And guys, I just hope at the end of all of this, you can, you can claim that the Lord moved and made you grow closer to Him during this time. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity to study your Word. And Lord, learn from it. And even though we're in the midst of a pandemic, Lord, we know that you're in control, that you have your hand in it. Lord, we just ask that you would start changing our minds and our thoughts and our heart for this time. Lord, that we would see the good that was in it and Lord, how we could grow closer and closer to you during this time. Lord, I just ask that you would just open our hearts and our minds to what areas of our life that we might be blind to right now. Lord, that we might not recognize that are bad. And Lord, recognize them so that we can change them and so that we can remove them from our lives and replace them with you. And Lord, let us not waste this time. Let us make the best use of it. And Lord, let us glorify you with our lives during this this month or these next couple of weeks, whatever it ends up being, Lord. 
Let us look back on this time and just, just praise you for it. And be thankful that you have removed the distractions. And Lord, that we have been more focused on you. Lord, we love you. And it's your son's name I pray. Amen. Thanks, guys, for tuning in uh, to our podcast once again. Um, we're, we're, we miss you guys a ton. Um, but we just want to commend you once more for continuing to dig into the word uh, during just this weird time of life. Um, we know it's hard. Um, we're praying for you guys, and we hope that you will find this time as a blessing in your life, that you will be able to, to train for godliness, that you will be able to look more like Christ at the end of it than you did beforehand. We love y'all, and we'll see y'all next week.